Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And that is the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. Well, I want to speak briefly today about the, the generation gap because it seems to make sense that on Student Sunday, when we're recognizing our college students coming home and seeing our graduates off that are getting ready to transition, that we would think about our young but also, I want to talk about our old in context of this scripture. There's a, a story about the teenager who's doing some biology homework there at the kitchen counter one night, and, and her mother comes by and says, what are you working on? And she says, well, I'm having to research and write about why hair turns white the older a person gets. And her mother, with a few streaks of gray coming in herself, said, well, I hope that this is the beginning of you finding a scientific cure one day for what causes hair to turn white. But in the meantime, I'll go with the old wives' tale that says every time that a teenager injects drama or upsets their mother, a new gray hair is born in their head. The teenager thought for a minute and very wryly said, well, mother... My goodness, you must have been very hard on grandmother, considering how gray she is now. It's fun, isn't it, to think about the differences in generations between the young and the old and all that's in between, because in this mystery of life that we live, that the older I get, the shorter it seems. We need some divine mystery injected into it to make sense of it all and to help us know that we're really in all of this together. I want to, um, to say a few words about Christian community today because it is here in this sacred space where we gather young and old and all in between and we seek out God because we need God to help us love one another as God loves us, right? Yeah, I read for you that brief scripture that every Jewish person of faith knows called the Shema. The Shema is the most important sacred writing for the entire Jewish faith. If it had a ring of familiarity to it, it's because Jesus, when once asked what is the most important commandment of them all, said the similar words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, he added, and love your neighbor as yourself. These sacred words go further back than Jesus, though. 600 years beyond and further back than Jesus, they were codified for, for the temple during Josiah, the king of Israel's reform. And even further back than that, maybe 900 or 1,000 years before Christ, these words were what every Jewish person would pray in the morning when they would rise up and go to bed at night the most sacred prayer, like our Lord's Prayer, that they would use in worship, and some still do today. And it says for us what? You need one another. You need me, and you need to share 
what I want for your lives with one another, young and old. Share it with your children. Impact my ways and my will and my love into their lives. And so let's talk about that today. John Orkberg says these words, or writes them rather, about the generation gap. He says there's two kinds of people that God loves. One of those is young people, and God is irrationally crazy about young people, he writes. He mass produces them. He currently is cranking them out at record levels. And every time a child comes out and is born into the world, it is God saying, in effect, I have not yet given up on the human race. Every birth represents an expression of hope, he writes. And on the other end, God also loves old people. He's crazy about them too. In fact, he writes, in fact, he is one of them himself. God is the oldest person in the universe. And our world, he writes, teaches us to separate the old and the young, the old and the young in so many areas of life. Music, arts and entertainment, thought, ideology, education, leisure activities. All of us have great differences with our young and our old. But what the world separates, God's plan was just the opposite, to bring them together. God's plan has always been for the generations, young and old, to be with, to care for, and to learn from one another and invest in each other's lives. And that's the church at its best, I think. What a beautiful illustration today of the secret pals, of these young folks that have gone off to college and are studying and learning, yet, yet they're anchored to their faith and their church that they learned here because they are kept in touch with someone that is older, more experienced than they are. Did you know this study showed that about 50% of young folks that, that leave the church that they may grow up in and have, have been discipled in will never return to the faith once they get to their adult lives? There's a lot of reasons for that. That we don't have time to discuss today, but this we do know, that if they are tethered and keep in touch with someone of faith older and more wiser than them, that the chances of them being involved in their faith increased dramatically. And so today, a few charges, a few challenges before we go. And the first of those is to the young people. You're spread around a little bit. You graduates or graduates-to-be or your college students, you need to be intentional about hanging out and loving on people that are older than you. You do. That's all there is to it. You need to connect and to learn from them. Older people have the wisdom that you need. Their experience far outweighs yours. Consider this, that if you are a college student and you befriend and know someone that is 80 years old, their experience is equal to one, no, three of your friends and yourself at the bare minimum. Think of all of the oozing wisdom and life experience they have for what all it is that you will face. If you will befriend older people and see benefit in that relationship here in the middle, in this place of faith, God will bless you and guide and direct you in ways that 
that you're going to need when you are tested. Some of you are going to be tested academically to go on to the next level of education. Some of you will be tested by professors or even friends. You'll have not just academic tests, though, but moral tests, character tests about who you really are and what you really believe deep down inside of your heart. And those tests seem to be the most difficult. Older people can tell you some stories about pitfalls to avoid and times when they wish they hadn't have done with what maybe you are thinking about yourself. And so spend some time with them. Befriend them. You have grandparents? Great. That's a natural fit. Maybe you have a neighbor that you can reach out to and visit. Maybe. Maybe it could be someone in this church. We have a plethora of older folks, retirees in this church that would be glad to sit down with you and to share and to learn from you as well. So, younger folks, be sure to always seek out folks older than you. My second charge is to you older folks. And if you're thinking right now, who is he talking about? You're probably one of them. Retirees, folks that are no longer working in the workforce. Intentionally reach out and connect to our youth and our kids here at the church. Secret pals are doing that as they're in college, but what about those that are here every Sunday or during the week? How is it that you can get to know them? You need them. Did you know that? You do. Don't be all curmudgeon-y and think that you have all the answers and everything that you need. There's nothing more of a turnoff and nothing more that shows age than thinking that you have all the answers and that no one else has anything else worthwhile for you to hear or learn from. You need these young people's energy. It may wear you out chasing them around if you're babysitting them or have grandkids, but you need their energy and their enthusiasm for life. Don't you? I'm going to tell you, you do, because that's what keeps you young at heart, and that's what makes life worthwhile. Didn't Jesus recognize this, that kids, that young folks have wide-eyed wonderment of the world, and they see things in a way that the older people, the older I get, the more I recognize, with a hardened heart and set in my ways that, that there are possibilities out there I have completely forgotten about. The little kids were running as Jesus was teaching. It'd be like running in church nowadays on Sunday mornings. And his disciples said, kids, shh, be quiet. He doesn't have time for you. And what did Jesus say to his disciples? No, no, let them come to me. Because to such as these belongs the kingdom of God. What great amazement and wonderment kids have an energy that we need retirees older folks especially we need them to to show us that life is not over and it's worth living every day besides you need them to show you how to to use your smartphone don't you you do you need them to show you how to upload pictures to share them with your family far far away you need young folks and their, their bent and their abilities to do technology to help you learn how to stream video at home so you can cut cable and save some money 
you need younger folks. And you can deny that, but, but it's essential. Because otherwise, you can grow old and cranky and set in your ways. Gosh, talk about generational gaps. I'm going to say two names now that half of you will recognize and the other half, the younger half, may not even know about. But it's two folks in the entertainment world that we lost this past week. They were both iconic in what they did in their, their realms. One of those was, was Tim Conway. And what a great comedian actor. On the Carol Burnett Show, he and Harvey Corman, I can still watch those reruns and just laugh. Tim Conway cut from the same cloth as, as Barney Fife. Yeah, he was lost age 78. The other was Doris Day. She was a great singer, but also a great actress in tons and tons of movies. She defined a generation, a g- generation of women. And uh, she even did some musicals, which I'm not that familiar with. But there is one that she did, one movie called Young at Heart. And it was renamed that, the title of this movie that she did, because the co-actor, Frank Sinatra, had a big song out then in 1957 called Young at Heart. It was such a hit and rose up the charts that the movie producers thought, let's use that title for this movie because he's in it and we'll get more people to buy tickets. And it worked. But the song, the song that Frank Sinatra sang and made so memorable, written by Johnny Richards and Carolyn Lee, is, is a ballad about attitude in life, the older that you get. Listen to these words. Fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you if you are young at heart. For it's hard you will find to be narrow of mind if you are young at heart. You can go to extremes with impossible schemes, and you can laugh when your dreams fall apart at the seams, and life gets more exciting with each passing day. And love is either in your heart or on its way. Don't you know that it's worth every treasure upon earth to be young at heart? For as rich as you are, it's much better by far to be young at heart. And if you should survive to 105, look at all that you'll derive out of being alive. And here is the best part. You have a head start if you are among the very young at heart. And so, retirees, older folks in the church, older than me, I'm getting kind of old. Are you young at heart? Because you hear in divine scriptures, over 3,000 years, over 100 generations of time, older folks have been sharing with younger folks the faith and the call that God gives to us to love and lift up and strengthen for life ahead. God is right here in the middle between the generation gaps, filling it in for us all. And if we will hear the challenge for the young to seek out the old and to seek and find their wisdom and ways, and if we older folks will seek to be young at heart with the energy and enthusiasm of young folks, God will bless us all and bring us together in community, in a way that the world is dying for, dying for. 
My last charge and challenge today is to all of you. If you're in the middle, if you're parents, if you're like me, parents whose kids have or are in the process of moving on, seek out someone you don't know that's different from you. Someone here in our church, in our faith community. And if you will connect with them and hear their story and share with them yours, you would be blessed in this middle ground of sacred space that we call faith. It's what Jesus calls us to. It's what the scriptures from long ago, the wisdom of the ages, call us to. And it's what in the book of Acts in chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes and, and breathes new life into this community of people, it's what will help our, how does Peter write it? Our sons and daughters to prophesy, and our young to see visions, and our old to dream dreams. What a beautiful thing it is when God is right in the middle of us, when we feel so apart and so divided and so separated. That's what the world causes us to do, but it's God that calls us to be unified and one in the love and in the grace of his Son, Christ Jesus our Lord.